everyone. Welcome to the Global Disease Biology Practicum Pods. In this podcast series, we will be talking about practicum projects with current and former GDB students. All students in the major are required to complete a practicum project before graduation. This project involves students finding a faculty mentor, conducting research under the mentor's guidance, and turning their research experiences into a publishable scientific manuscript. Tune into Practicum Pods to learn more about research, mentors, and the GDB practicum experience. Welcome to the pod. I am your host, GDB peer advisor, Emily Jaje. I use she, her pronouns. Today, I am joined on the show by the lovely Talia. Talia, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, everybody. My name is Talia, and I'm an alumni of UC Davis. I graduated in spring 2023, so super recent, and I use the pronouns she, her, hers. And my GDB practicum is focused on Imani Clinic's implementation of an equitable hypertension program to improve cardiovascular health. Awesome. Do you want to talk a little bit more about how this topic interests you, Talia? Yeah. So why this topic interests me, there are a lot of reasons. So first of all, hypertension is basically a fancy word for high blood pressure. And I found through my research that almost half of all U.S. adults suffer from hypertension. And it's a very treatable condition, but despite it being treatable, only one in four of people living with hypertension have it well managed. So the prevalence of this is high in the U.S., but also specifically in Sacramento, which is where Amani Clinic is located. And Amani Clinic, background information on that, It's one of the UC Davis Health student-run clinics, and our target population is the Black population, but we welcome anybody who comes through our doors, and all of our patients are low socioeconomic or uninsured, and it is the disadvantaged minority populations that experience the most burden from this chronic disease of hypertension, and so In my experiences from before when I was younger and just in college and in the future, advocacy and just overcoming barriers is something that I learned that I'm super passionate about. And in my future career, hopefully as a doctor of nursing practice, I would like to implement programs in communities that would overcome barriers, typical patient barriers that the communities experience, such as poor health literacy or access to health care, quality health care. And there's a lot, of, there's a bunch of uh, disparities and equities out there. And it's just, I'm just super driven and passionate about the idea of being able to influence policy and make changes in communities using community-based programs. That's really cool. When you were talking, I was thinking about some One Health aspects to what you were saying about incorporating community outreach into the medical clinic. Did you kind of think about some One Health aspects of your project in the process, or are there ways that you think that there's a multidisciplinary approach to take when thinking about outreach in terms of your clinic? Yeah, so actually, I'm just related to the global disease bio major in general. When I was making our 
creating the uh, foundation of this hypertension program, I was actually taking disease and intervention, the class GDB 102 with Dr. Rizzo. And we use something called a logic model in that class. And that really guided me on how to uh, evaluate and monitor my program. And basically what a logic model is, is that uh, there are categories in which it helps you track the resources and the funding that goes to into your project. And then it helps you track the activities that you use those resources for, and then the outcomes. And just in general, this logic model that I learned from the GDB major itself in my classes is that um, I was able to really keep track and monitor my progress and the success of the program in the goals of my project. And the goals of my project is to overcome patient barriers. And um, to answer your question, yes, I think that there is a multidisciplinary approach to this. I think that looking at hypertension and seeing how high blood pressure can increase, decrease, it can be increased and decreased by a lot of aspects in someone's life, whether that be uh, their living conditions, whether that be uh, their, their work life. And there's a lot of aspects, but yes, I did find that hypertension is um, affected a lot by different aspects that you see outside of healthcare. That's really interesting. Do you want to share a little bit about how you found your practicum mentor and what resources might have helped you the most as you searched for a faculty mentor to conduct research with? Yeah, so... I found my practicum mentor through Amani Clinic. Over being in this clinic for over a year, um, when I started this project, I really got to know the the providers that are working there. And so, Dr. Lopez is my mentor. He is our cardiologist at Amani Clinic, and he also works at UC Davis Health, and he's also a cardiologist there. So, I think that using your experiences, your extracurriculars that you're already involved in, that for me, I found that that was helpful because you already are familiar with the people there. And there's a reason why you chose that extracurricular or that activity is because you're passionate about it. You like it. So the likelihood of you being passionate about whatever practicum project idea you think of, um, that I think it will, it will, go naturally and it will align with your passions. But another resource that helped me is the GDB 187 seminar class. I actually emailed two other prof professors, but this seminar class, it really helped me keep track of the deadlines and made me feel on top of all of them. Very cool. How did your experience change when you were just interning versus when you started actually doing your practicum project? Yeah, so at this time, when I was starting the practicum project, I was the clinic administrator. And so throughout the years, I've really gotten to know that the student volunteers, the physicians, these medical students, PA students, nursing students, and I really got to work with a lot of them already. But 
just creating this program, I worked even more with the cardiology team specifically because cardiology and hypertension, hypertension uh, really impacts cardiovascular health. So I worked closely with Dr. Lopez, a cardiologist, and from there, I learned a lot about uh, the health conditions related to vascular, the heart. That's really cool. What type of research did you engage in? Was it virtual or in person? Yeah, so I engaged in clinical research, and it was actually a combination of both virtual and in person. So when I would have to see patients at the clinic side at Amani, I would see them in, in person with their screening, enrollment, and follow-up appointments. But what is, I guess, um, unique about this program is that it's based on a remote patient monitoring system. And so what this means is that, like I said before, our patients that we serve, the low socioeconomic and uninsured, a lot of them experience barriers, one of them being unreliable transportation and access to care. And so what we do in this program is that we try to help patients manage chronic hypertension using cellular devices. So by using blood pressure devices and weight balances with cellular access, they're able to take these devices at home and take their blood pressure and weight whenever they want and wherever they want. And then after they take their values within a minute or less, their values show up on my computer, wherever I am. And so by doing this, patients are able to take their blood pressures and we're able to monitor anywhere without them having to come into clinic in case they have unreliable transportation. And we found that it has been feasible and uh, for our patients, this remote patient monitoring uh, kind of system. And so uh, after they get screened and then enrolled into the program, then they have standing telephonic follow-up visits where every two weeks we will, I will work together with a cardiologist to view their vitals on my computer. And then we'll see the next steps. We'll see the next interventions for them. And then all interventions will happen through the phone, whether it be health education or changing new medication and things along that sort. That's really cool. Were they able to pick up the machinery to um, take their own blood pressure to send it to you virtually in person and then take it home? Yeah, so how the screening enrollment, basically the workflow of the program works is that first the patient will come into the clinic and we identify people who potentially have hypertension through various ways, either through in-clinic or through our health electronic health record that we use our database basically. And when they come in, we send them home with a blood pressure device for free with memory. And so over two weeks, they follow a schedule that we give them on how often they need to take their blood pressure for two weeks. After the two weeks, they return the blood pressure to Amani Clinic, where we will see their, take their memory from that blood pressure device and see their trends over the past two weeks. Depending on that, 
that's when we identify them as having normal, elevated, or high blood pressure. Those that have elevated or high blood pressure, we enroll them into our program. And during their enrollment program, or enrollment appointment, I should say, we provide them with now cellular access devices. So these devices have cellular data. So this is the one that I was talking about where they will take it home and they following the schedule that we give them as well, they will take their blood pressure and also their weight following the schedule and they will keep those cellular enabled devices until the blood pressure gets normalized. And we've had patients come from hypertensive or elevated blood pressure to normal levels within less than seven weeks. And so just having these two week standing follow-up visits over the phone um, has been very feasible and very helpful um, in managing their chronic condition because not only can we identify patients that could potentially have hypertension fast, but we also have rapid action and therefore rapid results. Wow, that's really cool. How do you think your practicum project influenced or impacted the lives of your participants? I do think that um, it's not only, so it is my practicum project, but it's also the patients, the patients, the way that, you know, like able to be successful is that the patients were very compliant without throughout the entire program. And so I think that I impacted the patients in a way that I first, not only did I create a hypertension program that is, um, that is necessary and important for cardiovascular health, but you know, anybody can create a hypertension program, but it's the ones that can create a program that meets the community where they're at, that is equitable and sustainable. And a sustainable program to me is one that is equitable. And so um, I really took time to think about the barriers that our patients face. And it's first as with hypertension and blood pressure, do they even have access to a device? And do they know which blood pressure device to get? Can they afford it? Do they have access to care, insurance, transportation? Um, how is the, if we, even if we make a diagnosis and we intervene with all these medications, is the medications affordable? And if they normalize their blood pressure and how is the follow-up like? What if there's a loss in follow-up and then they eventually have high blood pressure again? So I think what made this program successful is that the barriers were the main focus of this program. It was very patient-centered and very personalized. For example, when we were providing health education, we wouldn't just recommend patients to eat salmon, even though it's so good for you. Um, but we do know that it's very expensive. We provide diets that are culturally appropriate, that are affordable. And when we give exercises, we don't just say, you know, there's a gym, um, get a membership, because we know that that's hard. Maybe they don't, they work long hours and their hours aren't aligned with a gym. Memberships are expensive. And so we create feasible exercise plans that they can do even at the comfort at their home. 
And if they do need to do weights, uh, we tell them, you know, you could even get a ketchup bottle or some some bottle in your pantry that you can find and, you know, like throw some punches in the air using those bottles, using those bottles in your hands. And so um, I think through this program, it's the making it personalized and modifying the interventions for them is what made it successful. And also the incentives that we have throughout the program. So if they return the blood pressure, if they return the blood pressure and if they, you know, continue following the schedule, we will give them a gift card, a grocery gift card um, to improve their access to healthy foods. And if, and we also, at the end of the program, when we discharge them, because if, because they reach normal blood pressure levels, uh, we're going to provide them with a blood pressure device to just encourage them to continue monitoring their blood pressure. And so by really taking the time to really know them and know their needs and also address them, we were able to find that they would actively participate in managing this chronic disease. Wow, I really appreciated how much care and effort you put into tailoring the program to fit the lives and routines of each individual. And I think that I'm sure that that really made it successful because when people feel like their provider actually cares for them and actually is interested in knowing what they need and how they can achieve the goals together, I think that that really leads to success. So yeah. that's really that's really awesome to hear. Did that personal kind of relationship with the patients uh, encourage you to pursue your NP? So... Before this program, I was already headed on the nurse practitioner track, but doing this program, I really was convinced, I'm really convinced that in my future career, I need to find something that influences policy and advocacy. And so, um, you know, in the nursing, being a nurse practitioner, I'll be able to see patients, you know, patient care, and all of it. And I do love that stuff. But I also think I need to do outside of patient care, like one-on-one uh, -on -one patient care, by working on the policy level. And I think that this project really helped me realize that is because this project was implementing a new program. And implementing, I ran through a lot of challenges in it. And um, I really had to think about the barriers that patients had to deal with um, because I can't just think about, um, you know, hypertension program. I could have blood pressure devices, give it to them, and they will be compliant and everything will work well. Because in reality, uh, patients have all of these, you know, the, they have these disparities, these barriers, and they're not going to be able to follow a lot of the things that my program entails if I don't meet them on their level. And so just going through the experience of the importance of, you know, having humility and just humility. And when I say humility, it's all about, you know, going to the patient myself and asking them what they need to not assume that I know better um, about their care and uh, to really approach them and have them be the leader of their care. And so 
I just, through this program, I found the power of patient-centered care and cultural humility. And I think that there are a lot of, there's a need for these interventions in the world. And in order to really address the disparities that exist in society. And so um, by doing that, by realizing this, I learned that not only do I, to influence policy is that I need to be active in research. And as of now, uh, getting a doctor's in nursing practice, um, that is the highest level of the nursing world. And I feel like by aiming to get there, I will be able to have a large impact on the community and um, in terms of policy to actually make changes in the healthcare system. Wow, I wish you the best of luck on your nurse practitioner career. Um, and I think that you will make a really incredible impact. Would you like to talk a little bit about what your relationship with your mentor was like? How did he guide you and how did you get to take initiative kind of individually in the project? Yeah, so in this program, um, since hypertension is associated, um, uh, really influences cardiovascular health, Dr. Lopez would be the one to guide me and educate me on the blood pressure levels, what is normal elevated hypertensive, what is the kind of interventions that we give patients depending on their blood pressures. And so it was really him as well as the American Heart Association that guided me on how to provide the, or how to create the foundation of the program. And so after that, um, Dr. Lopez was is super encouraging. He's always there to guide me, to mentor me. And he's really likes when um, he, he gives me the opportunity to be creative, to innovate, which I really enjoy about this practicum is because I'm able to think out of the box and brainstorm and to be in a way spontaneous and go with the flow um, because for example, I created protocols and how screening, enrollment, and follow-up appointments go. But every clinic visit, I always find through the patient interactions, there's always something that needs to be improved. It's very exciting because everything is constantly changing. So um, I think Dr. Lopez does a great job in providing a environment where I feel comfortable to um, be creative. So last question, what was your favorite part of the GDB practicum experience? My favorite part of the experience is that before starting this practicum, I was intimidated of research. I thought the research world is super intimidating because I didn't know so much about it. I didn't know how to even get started with finding a mentor, how to get into a lab, or just all of this stuff. And I chose this major, actually, because um, one of the reasons is because that of this practicum. It I knew that I would have to eventually do research, so it kind of was the push. And after doing this practicum, 
I realized that research is what I need to do in my career. I need to do that if I want to accomplish the goals that I have in my career, which is to overcome barriers on um, a higher level, on the policy level. And so I'm an advocate for research. I tell my friends, those around me that, you know, like if you're scared about going to research, you know, do it. Um, here are the resources. And it's, I realize the value of research. So I think about this experience um, is that Research is valuable and needed in all aspects, whether it be healthcare or outside of it. And anybody can do it. And it has, there's a lot of opportunity for you to create new ideas and innovate if that's something that, you know, you or whoever else is interested in. I totally agree. I really appreciate how much research is centered in this major. I think that it's so important and I think it does feel a little bit scary and daunting for a lot of individuals. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that once you get started, it's just a whole new world and it's so important. Like so much of um our changing world is due to research and uh it's just is such an incredibly important and rewarding field I feel like to go into. Yeah, exactly. And I think just uh, it's always keeps you curious to learn more because research is also always about advancing what we already know. Totally. Thank you so much, Talia, for chatting with us about your GDB practicum experience. Our students are so excited to hear about these projects and learn how to approach research in a large university setting. You can visit gdb.ucdavis.edu to access the rest of the podcasts in this series or find us on Spotify. If you like listening to Practicum Pods and have suggestions for future topics on the pod, please let the GDB advising staff know at gdb-advise at ucdavis.edu. Thanks, everyone, and have a great week.